Tiger's got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. predictions and conversation on all the storylines across the PGA Tour, this is On the Green, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. Welcome back on the Green, WFUV's PGA Tour golf podcast. My name is Chris Hennessy, running short staff today with just my man Will Talent. Will, what's going on, brother? Not much, Chris. Another great day to talk about some golf. Another great tournament over this past weekend. I can't wait. I mean, we miss Mike and Andrew, of course, but it's just going to be you and me, so let's let's get it done. Let's do it. Uh, crappy weather in New York still. Very. Still. Uh, looks like it's going to rain tonight, so no, still no golf for me this spring, but uh, enjoying the golf on TV for sure. And we'll get into the Zurich Classic. Um, I think the Zurich Classic ha- has really kind of made a name for itself because, yeah, it's ridiculous, the scores that these guys put up, but it's something different, and it's a reason to watch a tournament between the Masters and the PGA when, really, after the RBC Heritage, before this became a team event a few years ago, this was just just a a crapshoot of tournaments where random guys would win, headed up to the, or I guess this was before the PGA was in May, but before the players, Mother's Day weekend, nothing was really going on. Now they have this team event that makes it kind of must-watch and was a ton of fun this weekend. Oh, it was a lot of fun to watch. I really do like how it's doubles. You know, you get your the individual golf is an individual game. You know, you go out there and you you shoot how you shoot. But bringing, bringing it to a team atmosphere just makes it so much more fun to watch. I love seeing what other players can do when they're paired up with some somebody else. So if someone just can't drive off the tee box, but they're good in the fairway, then maybe your partner is a better driver, and then you take that fairway shot, and then you just see how it works from there. Yeah, but d- ridiculous scores this weekend, but a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Pat Cantlay and Xander Shoffley take the victory. This is Shoffley's first victory this season. Uh, his first victory since he won at uh, the Olympics. No big deal. Um they shot a 59 on Thursday and kind of paced from, paced the the board from there. They they dominated the best ball part of the the, the round one and round three were were four ball excuse me not best ball, and round two and round four were alternate shot. They shot a 59 and a 60 in four ball, which is absolutely insane. They shot a 68 in alternate shot on Friday and a 72 to win it on Sunday. Um, they don't get any FedEx points for it, which I think is uh, a little odd. Is that tr- that can't possibly be true? They're sa- ESPN saying that there's zero FedEx points. That can't possibly be true. Anyways, I don't know about that. Yeah. Anyways, um, I I I mean they were kind of they were the favorites alongside Morikawa and Hovland, and for good reason. And I think what they had over Morikawa and Hovland was that both of these guys can putt. Neither one of Morikawa or Hovland has a particularly very good short game. These guys both have a great short game, which is important, especially when you get into the alternate shot. Absolutely, Chris. The putting was definitely what you – that's what you need. That's what I was 
kind of not really alluding to, but kind of getting to before where if you don't have someone that can play a certain style of the game, like you're saying with Hovland and Morikawa, neither of them can putt, then you're going to be kind of in a tough situation. And Shafley and Cantlay, they can both, they can both putt respectfully, uh, you know, but that 60 that you brought up, that was in best ball on Saturday. That was a tournament record for 54 holes. That it was just yeah. amazing golf. 29 they, under through 54 holes was the record. Then they shot an even part to finish at 29 under. Just incredible golf yeah. th- this weekend. It's obviously be, for these champions, but yeah, definitely it, putting is definitely the biggest thing. And maybe not the biggest, but it's one of the biggest parts of the game because that's where you finish it out. And if you can't get that done on the green, then you're going to be kind of you're going to be kind of tied. And Mike Calamari uh, picked them to win. He also picked Will Zalatoris, his team to finish in the top twenty, which hit. And he also picked Tommy Fleetwood and Sergio Garcia to miss the cut. So he's the first uh, picker in the the historic history of of the On the Green podcast to ever get all three of the pick sleeper fades right. So congratulations to Mike. We could have a conversation about your picks, brother, because you are oh, yeah. zero for six in your two. I know. In your two attempts here. Um, So we're going to try to get you back on track this week uh, with the Mexico Open. So did just want to mention that. Shout out to Mike. Uh, Last week was the first episode I ever missed. I I was a little bit upset. Uh, I couldn't make it, but I had, you know, Easter-related things and and some hockey games to attend. But I just do want to address the Jordan Spieth situation uh, where we had three or four people fade him and then he won the golf tournament. Uh, I'm a huge Spieth guy. I've never rooted against him harder, and there's literally nothing on the line. We're just having fun. Uh, I, I didn't want us to to get to go. I wanted us to go this whole season without picking a fade who eventually won. Uh, that doesn't happen, and Spieth wins at the RBC Heritage, which was a super fun event, and, and I was so mad. Shane Lowry blew that, and um, tough scene for Shane, but that's uh, that is in the past. I, I was... I, was expecting, you know, if I was on last week, I would have faded Hor- Morikawa and Hovland. Obviously, they didn't miss the cut when they came in a tie for 29th. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Only, only beating eight teams who made the cut. Uh, and that's way worse than we thought they were going to do coming into this. But at the end of the day, when you have two guys who played the exact same game, you're not going to be very good at this tournament. And it wasn't terribly surprising to me, honestly, that they did as poorly as they did in the alternate shot. Oh, yeah, it's definitely not surprising at all. As you said before, neither of them can putt. If, you, <laughs> if, you, if you're just not good at one part of the game, especially in a doubles, and especially if both of you aren't good, you're, it's just not It's not going to work out. I had them as a sleeper because I gave them the benefit of the doubt, even though they were probably one of the better favorites Finished 29th at minus 16 or 16 under, but I it was just it's been rough for me so far. 0 for six, like you said, <laughs> and um, I I want to bring Andrew in here too. It it was kind of a rough week for both of us. It we, was. we were oh, 0 for six for us combined. Mike really holding it down last week. Three for three, good for him. Yeah, you both picked Ryan uh, Ryan Palmer and Scotty Scheffler, who did not do very well. I also wanted to mention before we get off the Zurich. This Kevin Kinsner Scott Brown group. Did you see this group on the ninth hole on Sunday? They made an eight. They had three balls in the water in alternate shot, and they hit three balls in the water and made an eight on a par three. I actually did in not alternate see that. shot. You got you got to look up that video if you haven't seen it yet. They ended up shooting a seventy four, which is pretty respectable. That is considering yeah. they had a five over on one hole. 
Um, but it, it is a funny video to watch. Scott Brown drives it to like a weird spot. Kisner tries to chip it over the water, and it goes in. Then Brown tries, and Kisner tries again. Or no, Brown tried first, then Kisner, then Brown, then Kisner finally got it on there, and they made the putt for eight. Um, so they saved an eight there at the end of the day. It was, it was, <laughs> it was an interesting one for sure. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it from the Zurich. There wasn't a ton to talk about. It was a fun tournament just because it's a little bit different. Um, but now now we move on. This week is the Mexico Open. we got three events left before the PGA at Southern Hills. First up is the Mexico Open. This is the first time they've ever played at Vidanta. Vidanta I don't know. Uh, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right Vidanta? there. Vidanta? Or Venata. Venata, yeah, something like that. I, I took Spanish for a long time, but I don't know what that word is. Still can't get it. Yeah, it's no. all good. Via Hidalgo, uh, Mexico is where is like the town it's in, but Vidanta Vallarta. <clears throat> First time they've ever played there, excuse me. And uh, not a great field going down there, as you can imagine. Uh, John Rahm, the betting favorite, at plus 450. Abe Anser, the, the Mexican uh, golfer, so obviously playing in his home country, he's going to be high up the boards. Uh, plus sixteen hundred, Tony Finau, Aaron Wise, Gary Woodland. Um, I think that this is a really good opportunity for some guys who have had rough springs to come into come into play here. Because obviously, you look at Rom; he's had a he's had a not great season so far. He's had an okay season, but he hasn't had a John Rom season. He's not number one in the world anymore, obviously. Um, and I think what you're looking for for Rom is for him to go out there and dominate this field of players he's clearly better than. He I mean he has to, Chris. It, he like you said, kind of a forgettable season so far and definitely a forgettable Masters tournament. Rom it's still you know what it's I was just about to say it's surprising. It's really not surprising that he's he still gets these really good odds because it's John Rom, you know, he was number 1 in the world for a little bit. Now he's not slumping a little bit. I maybe all right, maybe I am a little surprised that he's still getting these these top well this, these week, top I'm, odds. this week I'm not just because there's nobody in this field really like uh, yeah if he's if he's out there against Scotty and JT and I probably okay, I probably yeah. still have Spieth over him if you're talking betting odds um, but if he's out there like at the PGA I can't imagine right now he's the betting favorite for the PGA mm, I, I yeah. would not imagine he is no I I'd have to agree there it's just like you said, you put you put him in a field like that, then yeah, he definitely should not be at the top. But based on the field that the, that they have for the Mexico Open, okay, yeah, you got guys like Finau, you got Patrick Reed in there. But maybe maybe this is the tournament for Rom. Maybe this is where he turns it around. Who knows? We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I I hope that it is for him. I'm not a huge John Rom fan, but for his sake, I I do hope that it is because it has been a rough season. Uh, I was right. He's tied for second actually, which is a little bit higher than I thought he was going to be. Scheffler's at plus one thousand. Raman McElroy at plus twelve hundred, Morikawa and JT at plus fourteen hundred. So, I he's had a worse season than all those guys, though. He uh, has. He's had a, an equally as bad season as Justin Thomas. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that that's fair. I definitely think he has had a worse season than everyone. Yeah. on that list. And so he he'll tee off at eight eighteen on Thursday morning to try and right that ship uh, at the Mexico Open. Another interesting guy to me is Patrick Reed. And Patrick Reed has had one of the more interesting, you know, years. And it's not even the most interesting year of his career because obviously there was the year he he was cheating all over the place, and then yeah. there was the year him and Jordan Spieth were yelling at each other in newspapers like it was the nineteen seventies. And then there's this year where he has one top ten finish, and it was at the Butterfield Bermuda, Bermuda Championship, uh, which I don't even know when that was played. I've never heard of the Butterfield yeah. Bermuda <laughs> Championship before. 
Uh, oh, it ended on Halloween, so it was a fall event, and he was tied for second. He tied for 15th at the Century Tournament of Champions, 26th at the match play. That's, he, I mean, he's 60th in the FedEx Cup. This obviously all comes off of him withdrawing from the FedEx Cup last year because of a, a pneumonia situation, and then he doesn't get picked for the Ryder Cup team. So you're obviously concerned about his health coming into this season, and he hasn't played well. I think this week, both for Rahm and Reed, is huge to get them back on track because they both, Rahm more than Reed. Reed's kind of fallen off since he won the Masters, but I think they both need a second major to to really solidify themselves in the Rory conversation, or like the Rory Morikawa Scheffler conversation. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. You definitely need to get another major in there if you want to be up there with those guys. I have more confidence in Rom this week than I do Reed. Uh, I mean, Reed just was he just hasn't looked that good at all. He had a terrible Masters tournament plus 6, finished 35th. It, I would I would hope that this is what gets him back on track. I, like I said, though, I really think this is going to be Rom's time to get back on track. I think we'll see Reed start to pick it up down the line, but not not quite yet. Yeah, I would tend to agree, and it uh, should be an interesting tournament. We'll get to our picks, sleepers, and fades in just a little bit, but we do have more big news to talk about, and guess who it's about, and guess where it's from? Phil Mickelson there it is. and Saudi Golf Tour, because that's where everything comes from these days. Phil Mickelson releases a statement. It is... Uh, Posted by Daniel Rappaport from Golf Digest. Phil Mickelson has applied to play in the first Live Golf Event Series in London. He's also signed up for the PGA Championship, where he would be the defending champion. Now, Tiger is also currently on the roster for the PGA Championship. This is the same conversation we have with the Masters. He has an auto bid into the tournament. He has to officially withdraw from the tournament. Uh, So we'll see if he does. We'll see if he doesn't. Uh, he's committed to playing the pro am the week a uh, pro am the week before the Open Championship and the Open, so we'll see uh, if he plays or not. Uh, but that that's much less exciting. Phil has filed the request to play in the Live Golf. He hasn't played in a PGA Tour event since the since the incident, <laughs> if you will, where <laughs> the the comment was released. Basically, I don't care what they did. I'm using them for leverage. Doesn't matter to me that they commit genocide and all this other horrible things. It is the week before the United States Open, and he is going to London to play in Greg Norman's Saudi event. I, I can't believe it, Will. I can't. I can't believe I'm looking at this. I, I don't really know what he's doing, Chris. I, I, I don't know what, what is he trying to get out of this situation. It, you know, he's gonna be, he's gonna be in live golf, or maybe. And but then he's still in the PGA Championship. Like, uh, what are we doing? What what's going on? I so I said this in the pre-Masters pod when we were talking about Phil not playing or whenever he announced he wasn't playing in the Masters. Yeah, whenever that was. We yeah, talked yeah. about this, and I said this was a bad decision because if you think back all the way back to the 2010 uh, Masters or 2009 Masters, whichever one it was, I don't remember what the year. Tiger gets in. Tiger and the car accident to the fire hydrant was Thanksgiving weekend of two, of the previous year. Mm. So it's been five months, six months, whatever that is. And there's oh, is Tiger going to play? Is Tiger not going to play? And he went to Augusta because it's a soft landing. It's the only tournament of the entire year where everybody's focused on the golf course. Everybody, right? Everybody, oh, it's Augusta. Who's the defending champion? Who's the favorite? Who's you know? Obviously, Tiger is going to get the attention because he's Tiger. 
But for Phil, the place to land was the Masters. You've seen it with injuries. You've seen it with scandals. You've seen it with everything guys have gone through. They target the Masters. And he didn't play. Now, he is going to Tulsa, Oklahoma to play at Southern Hills as the defending champion of the PGA champion uh, of the PGA Championship. Everybody was going to be watching him at this tournament, regardless if he was in Saudi, if he was involved in Saudi or not. If he had played, if pretending didn't happen, and he had played in the Masters, nobody would have cared that Phil was there, right? He would probably would have barely made the cut, finished in the 30s, and left. And people, but people would have cared about his participation in the PGA Championship because he won last year. Now he's already going to have everybody's eyeballs on him because he's the defending champion. And it's the first public appearance he's made since he told the PGA Tour, I'm using a uh, a different tour for leverage against you because I don't like the way you treat your players. So, I, 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 don't, I can't comprehend it. I don't understand why. Also in this is he has officially registered to play in the United States Open, which, as I mentioned, is the week after the Live Golf event in London. He's never won the U.S. Open before. He's 52 years old. Or he's going to be 52 the week of the U.S. Open. Why are you not focused on at least trying? You're never going to win the U.S. Open at 52 years old. At least trying to complete the career Grand Slam. Clearly, it wasn't just for leverage. Clearly, he wants to play. So why did he lie? Like, why did he say it's for leverage? Your leverage is gone. So stop... I thought he was done because the leverage was gone. He showed his hand. Sal well, Shipnock. Oh, maybe he's creating leverage with all of this. Think about it. I think the Masters would have been a good spot for him to land. I, I do. Even though if he wouldn't have played bad, it would have been a, a good appearance to have, I guess. But that that's a tournament that you want to be on. That That's where you want to be. It's one of the biggest, maybe the biggest golf tournament of each year. Maybe when he is, uh, honestly, uh, just listening to what you are, are saying here, Chris, maybe this is the leverage that he's talking about. Constantly getting his name out there for whichever tournament he wants to participate in. Maybe that's what what is wanted. That is the publicity that is is wanted. I, I just, I'm still confused. That's all I could really come up with in this situation right now. But it, it's definitely a, it's a weird situation. It's a weird situation. Yeah, I, man, I, I don't, I don't see a way that Phil comes out of this summer looking like the winner in this situation. No, I, I don't think he wins uh, any way he can. There's nothing that he can do that can really salvage what has happened. And I think, man, I, I, I mean, he's really got to go on a run, like a big run. If, if he, even imagine, that, I don't know. If he, uh, imagine if he wins the live golf event. And he makes what I think it's like five. I think it's like five million dollars. Let's just let's just say because remember what, he, a couple of years, summers ago he was bored and wanted to play on the senior tour and beat everybody by a million shots. Let's say let's say none of the other big guys go. It's Robert Garrigus and all the other players in the seven hundreds and the uh, and yeah. the OGWR. Yeah, and he goes out there and kills everybody. And he makes five million dollars. We're never seeing him again in anything besides the Masters. Uh, if the Masters lets him play, this is the thing. Signing up for Live Golf, according to Greg Norman, doesn't mean you're only playing Live Golf for him. It's a complimentary tour. It might mean that for Jay Monahan. We don't know. It might mean that for the four major championships. We still don't know. The fact that the testing ground 
is going to be one of the greatest players in the history of golf is insane to me. It's insane. Uh, no, it's he doesn't. It's need far this. fetched. Yeah. He has the more. He has more money than every golfer ever besides Tiger and Arnold Palmer. Every single one. And he's the one that's going over there. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, is it some type of protest against the PGA? I, he's he's yeah, made more money knows? than anybody could dream of. Yeah, I, I know. I, I kind of agree with you, too. Say he does go over there and win, yeah, you're probably not going to hear from him ever again. Maybe that's what he wants to do. Maybe he just wants to be, you know, everything that's happened. I could still play golf despite all of the, the, the controversy that's going on goes out does a bang-up job, and then takes his money, and then that's it. That's all we see from Phil Mickelson. I, it's just a, a wait-and-see kind of thing. I guess. It's frustrating. I, I can guess. tell you're frustrated it's, over there. Because <laughs> I, like, I like Phil. Yeah, and, I like watching him golf, man. And it was cool that he won at 50, uh, 50 about to be 51 years old. It It's cool that he's left-handed. It, he does weird stuff. All the time, remember he was it makes the game exciting. He was fat, and then he lost all the weight, and it was yep. I. That was the summer I covered the PGA and the Northern Trust, and I saw him two times in three months, and he looked like a different human being. It was crazy, and now it's all we talk about with this guy is is he leaving the PGA Tour to go and play for Saudi Arabia, play for money. They're not playing in Saudi Arabia. Play for a league funded by Saudi Arabia. He is the second highest career earner on course in PGA Tour history. He's made $94.9 million on course in his career. Granted, he's lost a lot of it, and that's a big story. He potentially is a gambling addict. He lost his money in the stock market at one point. That wasn't his fault, but that was like a Schitt's Creek thing, if you've ever seen that show. Similar situation. Not quite to that extent, but you get the point. But still, that's just on course. Imagine how much Callaway and KPMG have paid him off course. Of course, yeah. On course, he's made $94.9 million. <laughs> oh, my. I I don't know. <laughs> it's, I, yeah. it's amazing to me that we're still having this conversation. I thought it was <laughs> over. I thought it was done. I, one of the first episodes of this podcast was us kind of saying, <laughs> wasn't it funny when like we thought that Phil Mickelson was going to play for Saudi Arabia? That was hysterical. And now it's happening. It's going to happen. Seems like unless the PGA Tour declines it, which obviously they can do, but it, if they're going to decline him and not Robert Garrigus, that's going to be a very interesting situation oh, as well. It, oh, yeah. Big storyline. Huge. I don't know what I want to happen. I think I want him to play. I want him to play. I, think I just I w- want him to play. But, you know, it, it can't just blow over that easily. And it won't. It, it won't. just won't. Uh, all of this is ending in a lawsuit. We all know oh. that it's ending in court. But it's fun <laughs> to live in the moment now. Yeah. Not even with Phil. Just just with Jay Monahan and Greg Norman. Not even the Phil situation. Yeah. This yeah. is all ending in a lawsuit where some player is going to say, hey, the PGA Tour isn't allowed to tell me what I can do and what I can't do, and then the PGA Tour is probably going to lose and they're going to pay on whatever, and then live golf. It might live on, it might die. Who knows? But to me, I, I would love to see him play in the live golf, but I also want to see him try and win a U.S. Open and try to get that career grand slam. He's finished second six times. Like It it, it just keeps getting more interesting by the day. This week was was huge news, and man, oh, man, I, I – I, um, I, I can't wait for that, that week before Father's Day. Just I feel like it's going to be very, very tense in the golf world that week before Father's well, Day. Once where. he comes back, it's all tension. It's yeah. it's building right now. Yep. It's building. That Monday at Brookline, if he walks onto that golf course after having played in London with the Saudi Tour, 
that's going to be one of the more interesting days you can draw up uh, in terms of in terms of PGA Tour golf in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so let's do the pick sleeper fades. Let's As I it. mentioned, Will is 0 for 6. That's yep. tough. Say it loud, say it proud. Say it loud, say it proud. Say it proud. We're going to go 3 for 9 okay. <laughs> after this week. Let's Ho- go. Hopefully you're right. Uh, Mike Calamari, the first ever sweep. Um, boy, Mike. I am I am in first in terms of total points. We, we created a point system the other oh, day. Oh, okay. So you get three points if you pick the winner. You get two points for your sleeper and one point for your fade. I'm in wow. first in terms of total points. Mike is in first in terms of points per like week he's been on the show. Yep. So we're, we're like tied for first. Um, my pick this week is Tony Finau. He's, I like Tony Finau. I, I think he's another one of these guys. We didn't mention him before, but who needs to get himself back on track. I think this is, could be a huge week for him. He obviously won at the Northern Trust last year, but I could see him uh, playing well and, um, and and winning this Mexico Open. I'm also going Tony Finau. Oh, 20 boy. to 1 odds, and there, there's a reason, too. I had to do a little research on it. don't really know the course. know a little bit about Finau. I like him. I think he's, I think he's great. There's one thing, there's a key to this course that Tony Finau does very well, and that's strokes gained. He is second in strokes gained approach over the last three months. That that should really help him in this course. Dig it. Uh, My sleeper, I have Cameron Champ, who's plus 5,000 to win and plus 200 to finish in the top 20. I like Cameron Champ. I think he's a cool player. He was a backdoor top 10 at the... At the Masters, he's into the Masters next year, so I think maybe he'll play a little looser, a little freer down the stretch here of the season. So I like Cameron Champ. I'm going Tyler Duncan plus thirty three, uh, plus three hundred thirty three for a top twenty. Okay, like he's it. currently third on tour in fairways, hit sixth in proximity to the hole. I he's playing pretty well so far, uh, even though he's not he's not winning, but he's he's starting to creep up. He's starting to play better golf. So I'll keep an eye out on Tyler Duncan for sure. Like it, and then my, uh, there he is my fade to miss the cut at plus two hundred is none other than Patrick Reed. I, he hasn't been playing well. He's made his last three cuts, um, and this is not a great field. But he hasn't. He just hasn't been playing well. He's hundred and eighty something, and I had it up before, but I lost it now. He's in the hundred and eighties in terms of stroke gain total this season. Uh, I, I, he just haven't seen him play well in a very long time, and I think that's going to continue this week. I like that, especially because we had been talking about him earlier in the show and how poorly he's been playing. I I was thinking about going Reed earlier, but I'm going to stick with Abraham Answer. Okay, that'd be unfortunate. Yeah, it, it definitely would. Plus two, uh, to uh, 2,500. He just he's got no results inside the top 30 in his last eight stroke play events on the PGA Tour, and there's just I I don't know. I don't I don't see him trending up at all for this tournament. So I'm going to keep him at the fade. Love it. All right, the Mexico Open this week. Short and sweet for you this week uh, between two tournaments that are not exactly circle your calendar on the tournament, but we got two more tournaments before the PGA Championship. The Wells Fargo next week, the Byron Nelson the week after that, and then Southern Hills in the PGA Championship uh, in mid-May. So should be a great run through the spring here, headed into a fantastic summer. So for Will Town, our producer, Brian Raybacks. My name is Chris Hennessy. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Enjoy the golf, and we'll talk to you next week.